Nearly everyone agrees the nation's electrical grid is at danger from cyber attacks. So far, Congress hasn't done much about it. Last year, the Senate passed a protection bill, but nothing happened in the House. Now it's round two. Maine Independent Senator Angus King has co-sponsored a new bill he hopes will have better prospects, and he joins me now with the details. Senator King, good to have you on. Tom, great to be with you. Thanks for the service you provide. Tell us about this bill. What would it essentially do? Well, it's it's kind of interesting. The origin of this bill goes back to December of 2015, when we're pretty sure it was the Russians took down a significant part of the grid in Ukraine. And uh, the the uh, what could have been a catastrophe ended up only lasting something like six or eight hours. And the reason, in retrospect, when this was studied was because their grid wasn't fully digitized. They still had old-fashioned analog switches and places where human beings had to throw switches and make things happen. And that's what saved them. And uh, a number of experts in the field wrote and studied this incident and suggested to uh, to, my, to me and to others uh, here in, in Washington that this might be a promising area for, for follow-up, for research, uh, because everybody, as you rightly point out, is very worried about the vulnerability of our, of our grid. So the bill, which passed the Senate uh, last year, uh, came within a, a whisper of passing in the House. I think if the House had been in session one more day, it probably would have gone through. Uh, but we've reintroduced the bill. It's co-sponsored by myself and Jim Risch of uh, Idaho. Uh, and what it basically does is instruct the the national labs, uh, uh, Idaho National Lab or Sandia, Lawrence Livermore, to look at this concept of where in the grid could we find places where we could put in analog switches that would essentially isolate portions of the grid during a uh, uh, during a cyber attack. Uh, and as I said at the beginning, it's kind of back to the future. And, and that's really uh, the essence of of uh, what we're proposing, and and I got to tell you, Tom, I'm getting frustrated because we first introduced this bill about three years ago, and here we are still trying to get it through. And it's pretty straightforward. It passed the Senate unanimously back in December, uh, and the threat isn't going away. In fact, it's getting worse. So, in other words, it sounds as if it's trying to get away from the need for super duper cybersecurity by avoiding the, the uh, machine interventions and replacing it with human intervention? Well, it may be human or it may be an analog switch that, that won't be thrown uh, based upon what's on the computer screen. Uh, and that's the kind of, that, that's, that's the basic theory of it. And it, it's, a, it's, you know, everybody thinks uh, more technology is better. But in this case, uh, we're asymmetrically vulnerable, Tom, because we're asymmetrically wired. Uh, and digitized. And this is a way of trying to uh, uh, deal with that issue. Uh, Cybersecurity and defenses and patches and all of those kinds of things are certainly important. uh, But uh, my belief is, based upon the work that I've done in this field, that ultimately uh, you need uh, something more uh, and uh, particularly for the threat that's escalating, and it would just be uh, catastrophic. And this bill then is primarily aimed at the Energy Department, would have the yeomans work here? That's right. The Energy Department, and and a lot of people don't realize we've got these gems out there called the National Labs that are under the uh, auspices of the Energy Department, Los Alamos and Sandia, 
uh, Lawrence Livermore, Idaho National Lab. They are at Oak Ridge in, in uh, Tennessee. They are they are just they do great uh, research and and this is the kind of problem that uh, in fact it was somebody at the Idaho National Lab that that really came up with this uh, concept and and uh, so the the bill is pretty straightforward. It's a two year uh, study of of whether this will work and how it will work and then uh, hopefully we can deploy it and and uh, provide a level of protection to the to the grid that we don't have now. We're speaking with Maine Senator Angus King. And what about Homeland Security? Because they have some play in all sectors of cybersecurity, although energy primarily is for the electrical segment. Well, it's interesting you should uh, you should say that because one of the problems, in my view, of our uh, uh, cyber res- response to the cyber threat is the multiplicity of agencies that have pieces of it. Homeland Security, Department of Energy, NSA, uh, CIA, FBI, uh, local authorities, the the private sector, because we're basically talking about private sector businesses here. So, uh, and and one of my frustrations is a lack of coordination. Uh, and by the way, all of those departments are under the jurisdiction of different Senate committees. Uh, and I just have this nightmare of a catastrophic grid uh, attack and going back to Maine and say, well, we really couldn't do anything about it because, you know, it was in four different committees and we couldn't get our act together. That's not acceptable. So, yes, Homeland Security has a piece of it. But what we're really talking about in this case is a very specific uh, technological uh, modification to the current grid architecture uh, to allow uh, more resiliency. That's really what it's all about. And after the great blackout of 1965, which I'm sad to say I remember directly. I remember it too. I'll admit it too. The government encouraged the establishment of private sector reliability councils. And it also showed there was interdependency with the Canadian grid, I think, in that case. Yep. And so do those councils, which still exist and still operate, would they have a role in all of this because it's their infrastructure? Oh, absolutely. And I don't mean to suggest, I shouldn't suggest that this bill is the is the whole answer to the issue of grid security. It's really a small part of it, but it could be a, a critical part, again, based upon the uh, historical evidence of what happened in, in Ukraine. Uh, that we think this could be a very important part of uh, the defense. There have to be the grid reliability councils, and and FERC looks at this, and there, you know, there's a lot of work going on in this area. But I have to tell you, uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm still concerned. I'm I, I hear uh, people come before our committee and say, "Don't worry, we've got it under control." It's sort of like secretaries of state saying, "Don't worry about our election system," and. Uh, I don't. I, I, I think we're we're exceedingly vulnerable, uh, and uh, I've said numerous times that the next Pearl Harbor is going to be cyber. And shame on us if we know it's coming uh, and don't uh, and don't prepare ourselves. Is your sense that one of the things that energy will find is that the nature of the U.S. grid is kind of a patchwork, mainly in terms of age and technological sophistication? Some of the I mean, you drive some streets even around here, and it looks like the wires were put in in the 20s. In fact, they were. And the diversity of the grid in the United States, I imagine, will come out to be kind of a challenge here. Absolutely. And and the extent to which it is interconnected or not, uh, how how what the backup – I mean, this is an incredibly complicated uh, uh, structure nationwide, uh, and uh, we're talking about a way that we think – 
uh, would add considerably to uh, to the security in the case of a of an attempted catastrophic attack. And legislative, legislatively, there is a companion bill in the House at this point. Yes, and and uh, I'm not sure it's actually been introduced. It will be, and and we think this is a uh, it's, it's it's this is something that ought to be easy. Although nothing in the legislative process is ever easy, but as I say, we it passed the Senate uh, by unanimous consent in the in the winter. Uh, got over to the House, uh, got tangled up in another with another companion bill on some on a separate subject. Uh, and uh, they were going to get to it on the suspension calendar, and then the House adjourned in December for the for the for Christmas, and it didn't get done. So we're hoping to put it on a fast track here and and uh, take care of it in the next month or two. Maine Senator Angus King, thanks so much for joining me. Tom, great to be with you, and uh, look forward to chatting in the future. And let's. Uh, Let's hope this uh, grid security bill gets through, and then we can talk about other issues. Find a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.